middle school is one of the first times and maybe the most crucial season where they're really beginning to form their identity mm-hmm. and who am I really? And yeah. does anybody like me? Mm-hmm. And I'm, they're starting to pay attention maybe for the first real time for some of them that it's happened earlier, depending on how they are developmentally, but wow. Okay. Well, Hey everybody. Welcome <laughs> this. Uh, this almost sounds like like the theme song of a 80s high school uh. movie with like new wave music in the background. <laughs> I was at the Angel game yesterday and I'm just imagining that it's sort of our walk up. Well, yeah, no, we're getting no, pumped it's, up it's, for the game. Yes, like it's it. good yeah. walk Thank up you. music. Thank you, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> walk up music? Yeah, man. We're walking up to the plate. Okay. And we're... Our guest today gets producer Chris. I think... He's vibing. I think the, I, the concept of people choosing their own walk-up music is genius. It is. I think, like, where was that when we were playing high school baseball and stuff? I, we're literally in our seats and asking each it was a topic of conversation, what would your walk-up music be? Oh, well. And everybody pulls oh, out man. Spotify, pulls up yeah. the track, this is what I'd walk What up. would yours be? There's this version of, like, Ready or Not, you know, like the Ready or Not, here I, I'm not, boy, I'm going to ruin the episode. <laughs> but it's sort of, like, turned sort of techno, meta- yeah. and it's really okay. cool, strong. That yeah. Would be mine. mine would yeah. be Back in Black, ACDC. Ah, uh, there you oh. go. Oh. Mine would be Wild Thing. <laughs> Grace? No. Uh. Probably something, I don't know, Disney. <laughs> uh, Grace, Grace, do you understand the concept no. of walk-up music? <laughs> <laughs> Someone at the game yesterday didn't because they said, oh, there you go. Yes, that's it. That's totally my vibe. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of our On Purpose Parents podcast. As always, I am Kurt Johnson with my amazing co-host, Grace. Grace Yoon over in the corner off camera, if you're watching, is producer Chris. Chris, 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 Chris. <laughs> and... If you're watching and if you're listening, singing, sitting right here, center camera is this week's guest, Yay. Jason Williams, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming. So excited. So as most listeners know, we are in a, what, what a five or ten week, mm-hmm. ten episode series where we are interviewing parents who are in the various stages of parenting um, with different roles and goals of parenting based on our on-purpose parents strategy that we allude to here and there in the podcast. If you're not aware of what that is and all that, you can go back to episode number. I have no idea, producer Chris. You yeah, we know early track of the episode yeah. numbers. <laughs> go, 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 go back. Somewhere in there, we introduced and did an entire episode mm-hmm. on the on-purpose parents strategy that you can find. Yes. But basically, the concept is that as parents, we want our goal as parenting, as we've as we've defined it for our podcast, is to raise our children to be interdependent lifelong followers of Jesus who want to make a kingdom contribution. Mm. That's our job. That's, that's the, if they go to college, good for them. That's awesome. Um, If they become an actress or a lawyer or a doctor, amazing. Um, If they make the sports team that they want to make when they're in high school, good for them. That is all secondary Mm -hmm. when it comes to what is our ultimate goal as parents is to raise interdependent lifelong followers of Jesus who want to make a kingdom contribution. And along the way, we go through different ages and stages of parenting, and we have different roles and goals. And that's what we're dedicating this series to is we're asking parents who are in unique ages and stages with that particular role and goal. 
And so, Grace, you can talk about our guest and let him talk about himself, and we'll jump into it. Yeah, and I just have to say, I've been loving these series because of having guests, because hearing real-life stories of parents and their kids, I think, helps all the things that we're talking about, the on-purpose parent plan, the ages and stages, the roles and goals, it just brings it to life a little bit Mm -hmm. more and a little less theoretical and more like, this is... This is what I'm really going through. And I think that's been so relatable, at least for me. And I know it will be for our listeners as well. So with that said, can you introduce yourself to our listeners, share who you are, what you do, and maybe introduce your family? Yeah. So my name is Jason Williams. I am on staff here at Saddleback, uh, the executive pastor of ministries, uh, just bringing some alignment and leadership to all of our ministry areas across our, our church. I've been married to my wife, Joy, for, it'll be 24 years this wow. September. Which is yeah. hey, hey. I don't know, Producer Chris, that sounds more like a 25-year sound effect. We need a 24-year one. I don't know one. what the 24-year sound effect is. And the timing of being here as a guest is actually really interesting because tomorrow, this is a big birthday weekend in our house. Okay. Mm. Tomorrow, my daughter turns 13. Oh, man. That's a big one. The next day, my son turns 16. What? One day apart. So two, they're one day, just one day shy of three years apart exactly. So we have one becoming a teenager for the first time and the other hitting 16. Sweet 16. So we are in, I don't have a, a, an elementary school kid anymore. Right. Yeah. And that messes with you a little bit. (laughs) Is is Karsten, is he a chomping at the bit to get his driver's license teenager or more of a, eh, not all that concerned about it. He's a chomping at the bit to get his license uh, teenager. However, he messed around and didn't get his permit oh, in the yeah. six-month lead yeah. time, so he's not going to get it until oh. July. <laughs> and that didn't matter all that much four right. months ago, yeah. but to this here in two days, it's going to matter to him. For a lot. sure. Yeah. Does it matter to you enjoy? Like, yes. dang, dang it, we why are we driving you around for six 100%. more months? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. We, we would love to hand him the keys yeah. and oh, say, wow. You want to, it feels like sometimes we're out like almost every night, right? Taking them somewhere. Yeah. So to have a little help with that, some reinforcements, sure. we're, for we're sure. looking forward to that. Oh, that's true. Very but cool. For kids in my, or for parents with kids my age, it's still seems terrifying like I, what I, I get it you want to give your keys <laughs> to your kids because right. that just seems terrifying <laughs> and he's been, he's a really he's actually a pretty good cautious driver so that helps oh, us good. with yeah, the terror cool. well and, and we could go th- it'd be so fun someday to do an episode on this concept but the the cool thing about driver's licenses nowadays is more than ever it's one of the last remaining like true rites mm. of passage yeah and in some ways, it's lost that luster, which mm-hmm. is why some kids, they don't, they get their license when they're right. 17 and a half. They yeah. don't, they're not that concerned about it. But man, when we were teenagers, right? holy smoke, I got mine, I think, on my 16th birthday because mm-hmm. I was ready to roll. I was looking forward to it. It was this rite of passage, mm-hmm. like now I'm freedom <laughs> and all yeah. the things, right? Yeah, that's true. I was ready to roll too, but then I failed my first test. Oh, so. no. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. So anyway. We, we incentivized yeah. him too. We, we, we This year, we've been telling him as we're doing things, hey, this is the last time we're going to do this. Yep. Mm. So next year at this time, either you have your license or you're lining up your own rides. Right. So we've incentivized you oh, to good. be a little smart. proactive yeah. in yeah. taking you're, that you're, smart. you're buying your own bus pass. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, we're super excited to have you on. Thank you for joining us. And we're of course. Thanks very for looking forward to hearing your stories and your thoughts. But before we do, we'd like to 
play a little icebreaker activity with our guests. Oh. And it's a game that we think kids like. And so as a podcast on parenting, we yeah. also try to, you know, connect with what our kids are doing as well. I'm so intrigued. I'm going to pull out this. Oh. <laughs> the pot of perplexity. <laughs> <laughs> the crock of conundrums. Do I need to like hold it over there? The receptacle there? of riddles. I wasn't okay. worried about this. The urn of ulcers. <laughs> Or urn of ulcers, or the or the bowl of questions, or the bowl of uh, would you rather questions. <laughs> okay, okay. makes it a little less. Daunting. Producer okay. Chris loves loves. A, he's really creative with Produ the words. Producer Chris sent us an email. Remember, Grace? <laughs> yes, I do. With about thirty titles for that little thing, and they and were amazing. And couldn't understand why we didn't respond. <laughs> and we're like, A, A, who cares? And B, you left no title untouched. I like, know. There's I, not another title that he didn't already come up I with. I actually was like, I, I have nothing, I nothing to contribute to no. this because this is comprehensive. No. Pot of perplexity. So if you could pick three. Oh, three. Um, mm, yeah, okay. things, and we'll just One, zip through them quickly. Two and... We like to do everything in threes. Yeah. Apparently. Oh, there you go. So do I open yeah. these? Yeah. So yeah. one at a time, if you could read the question and then okay. answer. Would you rather live without the internet or live without AC and heating? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Man. As the weather starts to get warmer now. You know, as as so I'm, I'm originally from Dallas, Texas, mm -hmm. where the thought of not having air conditioning is a, a death sentence, literally. Yeah. I think I would I would say I'd rather live without the internet okay. because I can't imagine living without AC. The AC, yeah. And I have 700 and some odd emails in my inbox right now, so <laughs> sometimes the internet is both a friend and a foe. Yeah. That's <laughs> Southern California, you don't... That's a lot of emails. Yeah, but still, you know, people used to... When we got here, we got hazed on our street. They're like, you're from Texas and you're, you run your AC more than anybody else. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, because we're used to living at 72 degrees. Right, so like you have to. It's like out. survival. Oh, that's fair. That's yeah. fair. Yeah, okay. That's All right. Next awesome. one. Next one is, would you rather be the reason your team lost the Olympics? Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> or the reason your best friend lost their job? Oh, my <laughs> goodness. What the heck? This is a pot of perplexity or whatever. That one the, actually the is a were. pot of perplexity. I, I, I mean... <laughs> I mean, I guess I would think, I would hope that my best friend is a lifelong friend. And so the idea of losing them their job is a little bit less palatable than yeah. costing mm. my team the Olympics. Oh, so okay. I, I'm country. Right. You can't let yeah. your country down. I know, so but wait, so I understand my best what's... friend is for life. So He I just, chooses the friend. I'm choosing the, I'll, I'll, uh, I, would, I would rather be the reason my team lost the oh, Olympics. So you're a better friend than I am. He mm. is, yeah. Because if, it, so it's, if it's my lifelong best friend, I feel like, dude, you know, come yeah. on. He'll understand. He'll under <laughs> Forgive I, me. <laughs> Yeah. The Olympics, there's lots of jobs. There's also lots of friends. There's only one Olympics. That's true. There's only, I mean, the chance to be. It is pretty spectacular. All right. All right. Okay, last okay, one. Last, wow. last one is, would you rather be the absolute worst bench player? A lot of, a lot of sports here. Oh, wow. Worst bench player on a team that always wins or the star player on a team that always oh, loses? <laughs> That's a good one. Man, this, these, these are way more perplexing. Yeah, than... they are, you know? That's Gosh, because I hate to lose, but to me, being the worst player at the end of the bench is kind of like and losing never play. and then never playing. But yeah. then your team. Are you thinking professional? Like in your these? in your mind, are you thinking you're on a professional team or like the Friday night matter. softball league? Yeah, either one. <laughs> uh, probably professional league. Like uh, it's where, I, where my mind goes, which probably tells you something about <laughs> <laughs> I'm delusional. Um, 
I don't know. I, I'd probably rather be the worst bench player on a team that always wins. That always wins. Especially yeah. at the first. Losing, at losing the, constantly yeah. and, and then looking. Well, and if it's, you're the best player, then they start saying you're the reason why. Oh. Right. <laughs> that they're not winning. That they're not winning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, come on. You're so like good. You can't build a, a winner around right. him. So. Right. Well. If, it's, if it's Friday night softball, I'd like to be the best player on the worst team. Uh-huh. Mm. If it's NFL football, I'd rather be the worst player on the best team. Mm. Because you're already elite yeah. Yeah. at that level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I don't want to be like the worst player on the Friday night softball team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's like, you're you're like, just in it for the pizza. Yeah. You're getting nothing out of it. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't matter that we win every night. It's Friday night softball with right. a bunch of out of shape 50 year olds. All right. All right. Well, thank okay. you for you're playing welcome. that little you're game with welcome. us. And I guess yeah. it was a little bit it's of a, a pot of perplexity. Yeah. Um, ulcers, urn of ulcers. Ur- or it's an urn it's of very ulcers. stressful in here right now. <laughs> All right, so we're going to lighten it up a little bit. Okay. Um, could you share in your parenting journey so far, 16 years now yeah. in, what has been one or some of the most memorable moments in parenting? Hmm. Oh, a lot of a lot of memories. You know, I think one that has stuck with me for a long time. I had this moment, I was leaving for church that morning, and I was kind of late, and I was actually I was speaking, I was preaching that morning. And so I'm, I'm walking to the back door. I got my hand on the doorknob and I hear Evangeline's little pitter patter feet coming around the corner. She's kind of out of breath. She's like, daddy, wait. And I'm like, what? I'm, I'm, I gotta go. I'm about to, to be late. And she's like, daddy, daddy, are you proud of me? She, had, she was four years old. I can still picture the little Bob haircut. It was probably Aww. a homemade haircut. It probably wasn't awesome, <laughs> but it didn't matter. She was beautiful anyway. And you know, what do you do in that moment? I told her, I can't talk right now. I need to go. And I went out and no, I didn't. Uh-huh. <laughs> in this episode right now, like, that's what I did. But I, 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 I took my hand off the door. I went over and I knelt down in front of her where I could be eye level. And I told her, yes, I'm mm, proud of you. And, yeah. I, and I told her, I, I named like four or five things specifically that I was really proud of. And she just beamed. And ever since then, I've remembered it. God's mm. allowed me to carry that memory. And just the realization that I don't think our kids ever outgrow that. Mm. Mm. They're always asking that question. Or maybe they stop asking the question mm-hmm. verbally, but they're yeah. always asking it internally. You're right. Mm. And anyone, I mean, I think about that related to my kids, but just even people we encounter. So much is telling them that they're not enough. Mm. They're telling themselves they're not enough when they're right. scrolling through social right. media and whatnot. Right. And so I've just tried to be mindful of that, and it's a memory that helps me, I think, be more intentional in articulating my pride in them, yeah. the mm. things that I love about them very specifically. Well, I, I was just going to say that the, the, the powerful part of that conversation is that you took the time to give some specifics. Because, yes. mm. you know, most parents would say, yeah. well, of course, yeah. of course, of course, of course. But to take the time to, to look her in the eye and say, and here's three or four things yep. yes, that I really, that was, I'm proud of you for, or yep. here's, we don't do this kind of thing very often as parents, yep. but what do we look up to in our children, mm-hmm. right? Like for us to look our kids in the eye and say, let me yes. tell you three things about you that I admire, yep. that I look up to you because yeah. you have this compassion aspect yep. or you never give up. Yep. And I, I admire that. Yeah, that's good. And it's become a bit of a family motto for us. We have this thing in our house called the Williams way and a few statements about what it means to be a part of, of our family. And one of them is no kind thought goes unspoken. Mm. And the rule is, is that when we're sitting at dinner around the house and we say something nice about someone or kind or something we appreciate, then that starts a clock where we're obligated to the next time that we see them 
to share that with them face to face. And and we've just tried to instill that, recognizing yeah. that it's that it's in short supply. That's really that's, that's really amazing. that's awesome. How it, it's interesting that thread that's been going through yeah. so many of our podcasts is how many parents do have some sort of family mm. mantra, yes. a set of family family values, mm-hmm. the Williams way. We had our Your values, three. our three, the um um, well, you, I, you're I, like I, honest. I know this. Like true, they were true memorable. to, God, was true right to oh, others, true to self. Yes, it was. It was the Johnstons are true. Yes, true to true to God, yes. true to others. Producer oh, Chris has the H's. Yeah, I have the seven G's. Yeah, it's the which we're still trying to figure Very out what yeah. they are. <laughs> well. Jason, we are now. You're you're interesting season because you actually have kids in two yeah. stages. Yeah. Um, but as we're working through the process, we're going to focus today in our conversation with you on Evangeline. Okay. Um, because yep. you are in the thirteen, the middle school stage yep. of parenting, and for the sake of this conversation and on our on purpose parents strategy, yeah. Um, the role and goals that we want to talk about is. When your children are in middle school, mm-hmm. the the role of parenting, yep. we've we've moved from caregiver to crafter, mm-hmm. and now in junior high, we we we've identified your primary role is that of a cheerleader, mm. okay. and oftentimes people have questioned that a little bit because they feel like man in junior high there's still so much like life coaching and discipline and mm-hmm. and the reason why we land on cheerleader is because that's i i think in my experience i've spent a, a good chunk of my ministry career working with young adolescents mm-hmm. yep um, and, and helping moms and dads navigate that and what i've experienced and and, and really when you even look at like um, adolescent development yep. and brain development and ev- all the stuff w- Middle school is one of the first times and maybe the most crucial season where they're really beginning to form their identity mm-hmm. and who am I really and yeah. does anybody like me? Mm. And I'm they're starting to pay attention maybe for the first real time for some of them that, that's happened earlier, depending on how they are developmentally. But um, I, I'm noticing that I'm shorter than my friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm taller than my friends. Yeah. You're moving from no cut sports to getting cut sports potentially, mm-hmm. depending on what sport you play and where in the country you live, um, and so it's uh, it can be very, very, very um, unsettling mm-hmm. for yeah. our young teenagers yeah. to feel like, do I matter? Do I fit? Do mm-hmm. I not? And really, what they need most from mom and dad, and again, you don't take off the other hats, sure, right? You know, you're still a caregiver to, to, yeah. to Evangeline. Oh, yeah. You're still her primary caregiver. Yep. You're still crafting Evangeline into the the young woman that God's designed her to be. Mm-hmm. You're still crafting her worldview. You're still mm-hmm. crafting these the, the Williams way, right? Mm-hmm. Right. The things that matter to you. Yep. But you're adding this really important, maybe for a short season, primary role of being their biggest fan. Mm. You're cheering them on mom and dad. Junior hires, young adolescents need to know that mom and dad believe in them. Mm -hmm. They've got their back. We think you're awesome. You can do it. All the positive affirmation you can possibly give. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of what we're going to focus on a little bit with Evangeline. Um, What's something in this season of parenting a young teen Sixth grade or seventh grade, Evangeline? Seventh grade. grade. Um, So you're right in the middle of that middle school years. Mm -hmm. What's something that about this stage that you just, you've just really appreciated 
you've, it's been surprisingly fun because a lot of parents, if they have younger kids, mm-hmm. they're dreading, <laughs> they're dreading the middle school years. Right, right. They're just, right. oh my gosh. I, if, what's something for you mm-hmm. that has been surprisingly wonderful about it? Well, I think uh, the surprisingly wonderful thing is we dreaded it too. We're, we're, mm-hmm. we're not unlike the parents that you're alluding to. And yet our kids haven't entered a season yet, either one of them, that hasn't been our new favorite. Mm. Every stage mm. that they've gone through, we're like, oh, we love this stage. We wish we could just kind of freeze them right here. And then they move into the next one and we're like, oh, I'm so glad that we didn't because mm. then we wouldn't have experienced this. And we thought, well, that, that'll come crashing down in yeah. middle school, high school. And it hasn't. Mm. We, we've, uh, we enjoy our kids and watching them wrestle with and step into new spaces that mm. stretch them. Yeah. I think when you watch them in middle school, we've seen them take risks that we weren't willing to take. Right. Which has been really fun to to cheer them on into, to coach them through, to cheer them cheer them on. And so I think that's been surprising. I think the other thing that's been surprising is after that that moment when Evangeline was four asking if I'm proud of her. This is probably the second most um, urgent season to communicate those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Didn't realize how much she would need to hear those things now because you go through a stretch of like six years or so where they seem self-confident, they yeah. seem like right. they're innocent, everything is wonderful yeah. and amazing, right. and then they get back into that place of really needing <laughs> yeah. to hear it because yeah. you're right, they are starting to... Evangeline was a, a competitive gymnast for three years. It's oh, wow. stunted her growth a little bit, and she's demonstrably shorter than her oh. classmates. She's noticing those things. Right. And right. Uh, and so there is a, a moment where we we have to speak in yeah. a little bit more intentionally to, yeah. to help her steady the ship in that, yeah. that season. One of my most profound memories when our oldest was about Evangeline's age mm-hmm. um, was in, in the house we used to live in, we could sit in the living room, and if our master bedroom door was open, you could kind of see up, up into, into the master. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one, one afternoon I was hanging out downstairs, and I looked up, and our daughter was standing in front of our like closet mirrors mm. and she was oh. looking and, and yeah. like kind of looking at her stomach and looking at, and it was the first time where I thought, Oh my goodness, she's measuring her. She's mm-hmm. seeing, she's measuring up. Yep. Her, she's measuring herself up to yep. whatever standard, to something, different. To something yeah. different. And it was that moment of, Oh wow. Yep. Think yeah. it, it's changing. Yeah. And she's yeah. paying more attention to stuff mm-hmm. and feeling more insecure. And so it's right. Just, that's a that's such an encouraging point, especially I have uh, kids that are not yet in that stage, but quickly entering because my oldest daughter is 11. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love what you said about like just that positivity of that middle school stage doesn't have to be this terrible terror thing that people say. And I've actually had two friends this past year say Cause we always say, Oh, the middle school years, are you ready? <laughs> like teenage girls. And it's, it's, we're verbally like saying around our kids, like these kind of negative comments, like mm-hmm. when you get to be a teenager, you know, you're going to be like this, you're going to have attitude. And a couple of friends have like called that out and say, no, like we refuse to say that mm-hmm. because what we say mm-hmm. can also shape the expectation. That's like, right. and, and it really is like parents right now about to enter that stage. Sure. It is kind of like frightening. And we're yeah. always kind of talking about it on negative terms. Yeah. So it is helpful to hear mm. someone in that stage saying, we, it's, there's beauty in here yeah. and we are it enjoying really this yeah. stage. Yeah. We really have. What, what has been, if you're willing to share one hiccup, like a classic early adolescent hiccup, and how did you enjoy navigate it? 
a hiccup on their part. Well, or, or, or on your part. Yeah. I mean, just, well, I know, I know for me, um, these later years have made me <laughs> question how good a parent I am. Cause mm-hmm. you know, early on you're like, I'm a great parent. My right. kids are awesome. Yeah, they love me. <laughs> you know, and I think I probably am. I, I, I was, and I'm working on it, a better young kid parent than an, an older kid parent. Because mm-hmm. what I realized, and that's where I love the cheerleader language. I expected too much of my kids too quickly. Mm-hmm. They're in junior high or mm-hmm. high school, right? Their, their, their brain, as you alluded to, is being rewired and all of that. And I, when they start getting bigger, I just I realized that I was expecting too much of them. Mm-hmm. And, and that's been a problem, a hiccup for me. Yeah. And so to really remind myself again and again that I am a cheerleader mm-hmm. and I need to err on the side of that, not being um, frustrated that they don't think about things or the world the same way I right. do because they, right. they're not, abs- they're not thinking abstractly right. yet. They're, they're, they're still piecing what that looks like together. That's been a, a, a hiccup for, for yeah. me. I feel yeah. like I've, I've, I've almost demanded too much too mm. soon. Right. Yeah, it is. I think that's pretty common because yeah. you know, the, okay, good. The, the, Thank well, you. I'm glad I stopped by. This well, is really helpful. You, it's been a long time. Yeah. You're not, you're not, you're, I mean, you're, you're in your forties, mid forties. Yep. So, but it's been a while since you were in junior high. It, it, yes. Right? So we forget yes. as parents, we forget yep. if we're not really super duper intentional, yeah. we forget about all the stuff that we navigated in middle yeah. school. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And the tendency is as adults for us to put adult sized expectations yep. on our 12 year olds, yeah. our 13 year olds. Right. right? right. Or, or we, ex- we think they should navigate life the, with the tools sure. and the experience and the hindsight that we have. Right. And we've got a whole different set of tools and a whole different set of experiences. And our rear view mirror yep. is way bigger. Right. Yeah. So when we, when, and I'm not, I'm kind of putting words in your mouth, but I hear you saying a little bit is maybe you had some of those expectations yep. on teenagers when the reality is there's just no possible way sure. for them to be much further along yeah. than they can be right at, at their age. Right. That's and right. I like what you said, Kurt, about being intentional because as the kids are growing up, they are mature in some way. So they right. are able to do more things. Yep. I've noticed this with care. So it's just easy to assume, oh yeah, you can do this. You can handle yep. this. You must also be thinking the way that I'm thinking about it too. Right. And I've su- it's been a surprising moment for me too. Like you said, where like things come up and you're like, oh, I assumed you had more of a, you know, certain negative intent, but you really yes. were just like an innocent 11 year old, you yes, know? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's a really good point. My daughter is, is wildly, um, wise and smart beyond her years. Yeah. Like I, I told somebody the other day being her parent carries with it a certain level of anxiety mm-hmm. because I see something special that I don't want to mess up. Right? <laughs> and so you see some really that's remarkable precious, things yeah. and yeah. then it's like, you just sort of expect everything to be at that yes. level, right? But right. they yes. but they maturing in certain areas a mm-hmm. little bit quicker, yes. and then others they're still 12, yeah. 13 years yeah. old, and, yeah. and it's easy to conflate the two. Right, and, well, and I think I do that. We we talk when we train our junior high volunteers. We talk about already not yet. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. and Good. they they, they live in this already not world in so many ways. They're already older teenagers they're yep. already little adults but right. they're not yet they're right. still kids mm, that's good. my my buddy tells a story he's also a junior high pastor and he taught he had this group of kids that they nicknamed the pokemon punks <laughs> okay the pokemon punks and he said you would walk into their youth room their junior okay. high room 
and there would be this group of like eighth grade boys that were dressed like punk rockers, super intimidating. Yeah. Like really intimidating. Okay. And, and leaders were kind of intimidated uh-huh. by them and unapproachable. And they seemed older than eighth grade. And yet before church, they would sit in the corner and trade Pokemon cards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so right, they're already, they're already yeah. because they're punk rockers and they're a little bit bigger yeah. and they're a lot of what they're into is older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're already there but they're not yet yeah. because they're still sitting in the corner trading Pokemon cards. Yeah. Uh, I, and, and you know, picture. that phrase might be a way to describe me as a parent too. Mm. Uh, yeah. I'm already seeing her a certain okay. way, but I'm not yet. So for example, six months ago, she came and asked me if she could wear light makeup. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm curious. What's the answer? Yeah. So I, I, I mean, and she knew she was very nervous. Did she go to Joy and Joy said, yes, okay. you need to ask your dad. Talk to your dad. Yes. Okay. And I could tell she was so nervous. And I said, well, I have some questions. Yeah. Um, one of which is you seem nervous. What are you nervous about? Mm-hmm. She's like, well, you, I just know that I've always been your little girl Aww. and I'm, I'll always be your little girl but I think it might make you sad. And so I oh. just wanted to, to ask and I didn't know how you would react. <laughs> she is That's, smart. She is. She, she is, is wise beyond her years. <laughs> so I told her, so I perceptive. said, yeah, she really is. And I'm like, well, all that's spot on. I mm-hmm. said, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly not ready for this. Yeah. But, <laughs> but if you are right, then I'm certainly willing to have the conversation. Tell me why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what, what's driving this? What are you, mm-hmm. what are you hoping for? Because if there's anything in you that thinks that you're not beautiful or mm. not enough, well, I want to talk about that. Right. Mm. But if it's, you know, you just, you think you're ready and this is something that, because she just went, fall, fell all over herself to tell me how light it would be. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And so it set up a really great conversation around That's what so she good. was thinking, what she was, what she was processing and, um, so right. yeah, I was uh, yeah. already, well, I want you to be mature and, and, and I expect more of you, but. I'm not. You're yet my ready. baby girl. Yeah, I don't. I'm I don't want yeah. to. So, so not yet Gosh. for me too. Yeah. So I think yeah. I'm straddling that a little bit. Right. Yeah. And that's for such sure. good. Right. The story that you just shared has so many good parenting tips. Mm. Just right there. One, you didn't get reactive, mm. even though internally you had some I was thoughts. Dying on the inside. Right. You I were like, "Oh no, what does this mean?" <laughs> but you didn't get reactive. Yeah. And the fact that you were curious. And yeah. that you asked questions and you allowed her, you didn't put words in her mouth, but you allowed her to express what she's thinking and where she's coming from. Yes. And then being able to respond back to that with honestly with your thoughts too. Like, mm. I am not ready for this. However, you know, here's what, you know, I'm gonna go on this journey with you yeah. too. All of that. Oh my gosh. Mm, that's really like masterclass right there. Beautiful. Joy and I talk all the time. Our primary goal in this season is keep the communication lines mm. open. Without a doubt. So if Without I if mm. I overreact or whatever, yeah. I'm gonna close her off. She she felt safe to come to me. Mm-hmm. Now I think she feels even safer because a conversation she was dreading went way better than she thought. And so that's the communication true. lines are open that we hope will introduce conversation around much more critical mm-hmm. conversations yep. than... So good. I'm looking over at producer Chris and Grace. I'm thinking we need to just rename this podcast the Jason Williams Parenting <laughs> Hour. Yes, yes just, we should. Like, we'll just the Williams a, Way. Yeah, the Will, we'll just step aside. Give us more tips. <laughs> just have Jason, Keep on going. Yeah, we'll, just, uh, we'll, we'll banter at the beginning about uh, yeah. Chris's choice of music. <laughs> 
and the urn of ulcers. Yeah, we'll, we'll banter and then we'll just and then we'll bow out. We'll just say, no. take it, take it away, Jason. We'll, we'll pay you in chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, I will take that. Oh. Uh, you know my love language. Well, Jason, the as, as we look at the the, the strategy of on purpose parents, yeah. the the goal that we have that we've identified for for parents in this middle school season, as you're being their biggest cheerleader, the mm-hmm. the goal is. And this is the big one. This, when you look at all the goals, this is the one where you go, oh man, this mm-hmm. is where it starts to really matter. Mm-hmm. And this is where so much of our other parenting as caregivers and crafters, them seeing our faith and us nurturing their faith. Those are yeah. the, those are the goals heading up to That's this. Good. So now the goal is in middle school that they would own their faith Yeah, mm-hmm. as a, as a parent. It, there comes a time, and it's it's pretty pretty oftentimes in middle school, mm-hmm. where they need to, our kids need to own their own faith. The yep. classic the classic saying that God doesn't have grandkids, right? <laughs> that we don't ride into a relationship with God on our parents' mm-hmm. coattails. That there comes a day yep. when hey, we got to make this thing our own. And junior high really is that time mm-hmm. when they need to make it their own. And when you talk to adults, I mean, the, 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 the churches in America are full of adults our age who yeah. say something like this. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I gave my life to Jesus when I was in elementary school, when I was four years old, but it wasn't until junior high. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It wasn't until eighth grade that it really made sense to me. And mm-hmm. I made my faith my own. Yeah. Um, so talk to us a little bit about that. Are there some things, some conversations, some strategies that you enjoy or implementing? Yep. You know, it, it, it. We talk all the time about you. you parents need to partner with the church. Yep. It's not that it's not just the church's job to 100%. help your kids, but mom and dad, you play a vital role in this. What are some things that you enjoy are doing to help Evangeline begin to own her own faith? Yeah, mm. I think I think one of the primary things that we've done with our kids, including Evangeline, is. Um, model and prioritize serving as a family. Mm. And it, that does a few things. I think when when if you're just speaking at them or sharing your mm. perspective, which we do, I'll be in my quiet time. Just yesterday, I was reading through uh, Luke, and there was a passage, and I, I marked it, and I'm like, man, it, after dinner, I just want to read that and get them to react around that mm. a little bit and talk about that. So we do those things. Mm. But what we've seen and learned is when kids, when our kids are serving, there's a different level of investment and involvement that just sort of naturally occurs mm, out of that. Right. They're interacting with people and and they realize the difference that that the ministry can make. And because of that, they they have a, 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 a zeal for what it looks like to serve other people. And we've just watched it. We can tell them, hey, you should have a daily quiet time. Mm-hmm. But when they, because they see themselves as servants and leaders that they want to have something to give, right. they lean into their time mm-hmm. with God just mm-hmm. a little bit more naturally. So right. we've really tried to make serving a priority. And wherever we go, whatever we're doing, they're always welcome. You guys know, mm-hmm. you've right. seen right. my daughter tagging along with me. Right. I never wake her up to do that. She knows she's welcome. And she's surrounded by people in those environments that love and cheer her on, which right. is also an intentional piece of it. We right. we speak well of and introduce them to and casually try to put them in the spheres of people that we love and respect, mm-hmm. knowing that those people can say the same thing that we've been saying for years, and it's going to sound like a, a eureka genius moment, yeah. whereas we don't know anything. Right. Um, <laughs> and and so I, that, there's just so much in 
serving that yeah. I think uh, without having to be pushy or forceful, right. just sort of allows kids to own their faith in ways that might yep. be imperceptible yep. if we're not paying attention right. to what's going on there. Yeah, that's yeah. so, so good. I mean, we all know that one of the best ways faith becomes real, it moves from head knowledge mm-hmm. into yep. more of a heart passion, yep. is when you are put in moments where your faith has to be put into action. Yep. Yeah. I mean, when the, that's where the rubber hits the road, so yep. to speak, is when, oh, we're going to serve yep. at the motel ministry. Yep. Yeah. Or we're going to we're going to go deliver groceries to families in our community who are struggling or whatever it is. We're yep. going to serve in Sunday school class yeah. together yep. as, as a mom and a dad or, or I'm sorry, a mom and a daughter. Yep. Or, yeah. And that is takes it for for teenagers, early adolescents. It takes it from this in children's ministry, not not exclusively, but a, a large part of children's ministry is what I would call is like filling up their box of information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is, this is the 10 commandments. This yep. is the fruit of the spirit. These are the Bible heroes and, yep. and mm-hmm. they're, they're getting their heads and their box of information mm-hmm. filled up. Yes. And we, we, we could use the word indoctrinating, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're indoctrinating the yeah. young children and all the stuff. And all of a sudden they enter early adolescence and now they need to know like, okay, so what? Right. So, okay, what's this all mean? Yeah. Yep. And really where they learn what it all means is when you help them put their faith into action through yep. s- through serving and ministry involvement. We, we, we've seen it. It, it's, it makes the difference. It, it flips the switch from that being the church and it being my church, mm. that being my parents' faith, mm. that being my faith. Yeah. And I just think it's such a linchpin. Yeah. Have, have, mm-hmm. have you reached a point yet with Evangeline, or maybe if not with Evangeline, maybe you can speak to it with Karsten, yeah. where they're expressing like the first time they expressed a doubt or mm. a, pu- a pushback on some aspect of faith or yeah. church. Yeah. Um, do you want the example of that or just a, a time when it happened? Just a time when it happened. Yeah. That- I think I, uh, it's funny. Karsten is, um, I've always joked. He, he thinks five minutes and five feet in front of himself. <laughs> He's an athlete and coach told me that's a great trait for an athlete. And I'm like, you're right. It's a terrible trait for a student, but it's yeah. a great trait for an athlete to have a short memory. <laughs> so in, in some ways, Evangeline has gotten there even before Karsten mm. yeah. because she is so perceptible yeah. and yeah. so wise. Yeah. And I would say it's probably been in the last, last year or so yeah. that she started asking questions, trying to piece together things that she's seeing in culture right. or differing perspectives yeah. and yep. what she has grown up being being right. taught from yeah. a, from a biblical worldview. Yeah. Well, and the reason I ask is because I think that scares a lot of parents yeah. mm-hmm. when all of a sudden they, they start asking tough questions or yep. pushing back against aspects of yep. the Bible or yep. faith or right. Christianity. And oftentimes parents temptation is to try to squelch that yeah mm-hmm. right just hey well the, because of, because the bible says so yep. yeah or because the church told us yeah right or stop whatever asking yep. so stop many asking questions. so many questions yeah. and, and and don't don't doubt yeah. just don't, believe. don't doubt right. just believe and one of the in addition to serving i think mm-hmm. they go hand in hand the other one is mom and dad when our teenagers are young teenagers yep. and it usually happens in middle school when they start asking the tough questions that's another chance to be a cheerleader. Yeah. It is. You, you, you encourage Good those tough point. questions. You cheer those questions on because they, they have to wrestle through that in order to hold on to it more tightly. And yeah. what I would say, I would take that a step further and say, we actually celebrate it mm. for two reasons. I mentioned keeping communication lines yeah. open, right? right. Like, how you respond to that question 
dictates how many more of them you get. Right. So you you want to to honor that with a very gracious response. But one of the reasons that we celebrate it is for many people, they start asking those questions in college. Yes. When they're out and without sometimes a biblical voice or mm-hmm. someone who cares and loves them leaning into that conversation alongside of some right. of the other inputs they're getting. So if we can have that conversation earlier in junior high and high school, we'll take it yeah. mm-hmm. because we can be in a running conversation right. with them as opposed to them being on their own. That's what happened to me. Right. Mm-hmm. I went right. to college before I had that, that conversation, and right. it was really scary because I didn't really have anyone to talk to about it. And it would have been great to have been able to have yeah. a, mm-hmm. a, a mentor from home or my parents or, right. and I, I didn't. And yeah. so we yeah. want to create that space for it to happen awesome. before yeah. then so that we can be a part of that conversation. So good. One thing that's so beautiful about your keeping communications open men- mindset and philosophy is that that is how real authentic cheerleading that makes a difference in the kids can happen. Because I, if you... Don't have that, you know, safe space where your daughter can come ask you a question about makeup or even maybe about faith or about doubt. Then you don't really know what's going on deep inside their mind. And then how can you really cheerlead them in the areas that they're having the most maybe insecurities or doubts or worry? And so that's just Mm -hmm. how you tie that together is just so beautiful that, you know, practically for parents listening, you know, kind of implementing some of the things that you've modeled for us in your stories, just being open, keeping communication open, um, the lines open, but then also living out examples by serving and inviting mm-hmm. them in, not pressuring them. It's not an obligation. It's not mm-hmm. a duty in creating naturally the environment or spaces where they can practice. Yep. It's pretty mm-hmm. awesome. So mm-hmm. I'm on yes. board for the Williams <laughs> show. <laughs> um, well, as we wrap up our time this yeah. morning, for our listeners who are um, parents who have kids in this stage, or maybe parents like me who have kids that are about to enter this stage and typically hear about all the negatives yeah. about it um, and maybe feeling apprehensive, any word of advice or final encouragement you want to leave to our listeners? No, I mean, I think some of the things that we've touched on, I would, I would, gosh, keeping those communication lines open. And I think something I alluded to, but didn't say, embrace this journey. I mean, Mm -hmm. it is, I think you'll, every, I said the new season has always been a favorite. And then we look back on it and we realize some of the things that God did that we, we, we didn't even recognize were going Mm. on. And so even when you're in these moments and you feel like, I'm trying to embrace, I'm trying to keep the communication lines open. Nothing's really happening. So often we've experienced our kids a year or two down the road pointing to a season where we felt like failures as parents. Mm. Like right. It's like, gosh, I feel like we're blowing it. I wish there were a recipe or something <laughs> that we could follow and we can't. And then God gives us sort of kind reminders through the kids that there was actually a whole lot more going on in that season than we ever recognized. That's good. And so I think if you're struggling through a season as a parent, just to keep that in mind, mm. that if we're faithful and lifting our kids up in prayer and intentional about being in relationship and conversation with them, good things are happening even when we don't yeah. always realize yeah. it. Yeah. That's Beautiful. awesome. Amazing. Well, everybody, wow, this was uh, this was a little... It's a master class. A, a master class, <laughs> a gold mine. Parenting master class. It was fantastic. <laughs> if you are a parent of an early a young teenager or you know someone who, someone who is, this would be a podcast worth passing around mm. to share with your friends who are in a similar stage of life. Because there's, man, if you take the time to really listen to this, yes. Jason dropped 
dozen, dozens <laughs> yes. of little parenting nuggets that I think are worth sharing with our friends. So thanks for joining us, Jason. Thanks, thanks for, for being here. Thank big you weekend. Guys. It is a big weekend. We're, we're headed into birthday bananas. That's fantastic. <laughs> Producer Chris, thank you. Yes. Yay. Really great. As always. Bye, everyone.